Hi, everybody. It's your host, Samantha, and we're back with another episode you don't want to miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in the industry that was not designed with us in mind. And today's episode is like a special edition because I got to talk to the famous Nakima on Twitter, and she gave me her whole story, y'all. I loved it. Nakima is a single mother who started building her own business and she decided to go to a coding boot camp and landed her first job. I'm currently in my first engineering role, which is super exciting after many years of trying to get into tech as a programmer. But I am a person that started out not wanting to pursue tech, but always interested in computers. And, you know, I would do things on my own, but I never wanted to do it as a career. I wanted to be a professional dancer. And then life (laughs) started happening. Adulting started happening. I became a mother in my early 20s. So that was a big shift in my life where I was like, I have this interest in this capacity to work in this field. So I'm going to pursue that. And I want to work a job that I can do and be a mother because I knew that it was possible to work remotely. I did not know how unlikely it would be for me to get a job remotely, but I knew it was possible. And I was really concerned with being there for my kids as a single mother. Okay. When you were looking for your first job in tech, were you able to look for like certain benefits? Like I know there was like the luxury of like, I'm only going to take a job if they give me X amount of money or what kind of things were you able to look for as a single mom in tech? Well, first I went through this community college program and it was called Web Developer and it was supposed to be a one year ish program. I went through it starting from when I was pregnant with my my oldest and it took me several years to finish. And I was like, okay, I've finished. I'm going to go look for a job. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't, like nothing was coming up for me. So I started to go into the community. I started volunteering with this organization called Code for Hood. I taught some classes for pay um, to some high school aged students. But I never was like getting close to a full-time role anywhere. I think through meetups and like hanging out in the hacker spaces, I learned that Twitter was a place to be for being in that tech community online. Got on Twitter. I started sharing stuff I was coding. I've tried 100 days of code so many times, (laughs) never made it to 100 days. But I, I wasn't finding anything. And I was At some point, (laughs) I'm sorry, like my story, you might notice like while I'm talking, I have ADHD, so I will be kind of all over the place. My brain like makes these connections like, oh, like these are things. Okay, so yeah, was looking for a job, accidentally became an entrepreneur because I went to a startup weekend. I went to practice my programming skills and then I won the startup weekend, my team won, And I was like, oh, okay, so I have ideas and these ideas can become something. It could be a business and it's like what I have to say, what I have to contribute is valuable. So I kind of put aside the get a job in tech goal to like launch my company. Like the big problem that I was having was that 
I chose to homeschool my kids, and I wanted a remote job. I wanted a job that I could do and homeschool my kids and where they would have a place (laughs) to also do their work and have like a valuable use of their time. I was really into self-directed education back then, and I was finding that other than school, there are not a lot of spaces that are accessible (laughs) to children like during the school hours. And usually when you do find things for children, it's a class. So I was like, what about where can children go that's not a class (laughs) where they can do their work and where I can do my work? So my business was supposed to be centered around that. Like I want co-working spaces that are accessible to school-age children. So I was working on that. That was my goal. And I came across an opportunity to go to a boot camp for free, a coding boot camp. And I was like, this is awesome. It was actually better than free because they paid a stipend. (laughs) Yeah. The school that was, you know, doing this program, they were out of Y Combinator. The person who sponsored it was the co-founder of Y Combinator. And she wrote this blog post saying, if more women knew how to code, then we would have more female founders out there. And I was like, this is me. I'm a female founder and I code. So I, it just seemed really perfect for me. Clyde and I initially did not get in. And they accepted me like a couple of days before class started. So I got this spot. I was all fired up. And I went through, it was a 15-week program, which was just going to cover the front end part of the program. But we had the option to stay and finish the whole thing. So I got an updated kind of education on the modern web because I was coding before CSS3 and HTML5. And we were using things that like was PHP, Perl. So it wasn't really modern web development that I was doing. And it was so long ago when I earned that certificate. So I got my first exposure to like the modern web development and secondarily or maybe it became like primary but I had a lot of problems with the way the school was run the way I thought people were being treated with the business model using income share agreements which felt very predatory and it started to be a moral conflict for me participating in this program and getting paid and seeing my friends and fellow students in a situation that I felt was predatory. So I don't want to be the type of person that it's like, oh, I'm good, so F all y'all. You know, like, I want to feel like I'm walking in integrity. So anyway, the issue with the school was never that I couldn't do the work. So I was doing fine. I almost finished the program, but they actually went over the time (laughs) that it was supposed to be done, and I was so fed up with it. At that point, I just left, and the stipend was $9,000 for the whole program, and they paid it in three payments. So I left a few days (laughs) before that last payment was going to go through just because I was done, because I could have used that $3,000. It was supposed to come through on my son's birthday, but I was like, I can't be a part of this anymore. So that was my introduction to modern web development, and I went through the front end portion of that program. So then I was like, okay, I've been trying to get this business off the ground. I have no money. (laughs) I don't have any money. I'm on Medicaid, like, you know, access to good healthcare and dental. So 
I got advice from several people and they said, you know what, you're very passionate about your business and I know you really want to do this, you're persisting, but you got to take care of yourself first. So let that job be your first investor. And that's when I really started to look for a job, a full-time job, put the company aside and look for a full-time job because I was like, I've seen people come out of this school and they go and get jobs. I knew that the quality of that program was not very high. So I'm like, if they are getting jobs, I can go get job with the skills that I have now. So that's when I started looking and I almost exclusively went through Twitter and I wrote a blog post about how I feel the pandemic was what opened the door for me because I was always looking for a remote role. I was never willing to go work in person full time and I was not finding jobs. And a lot of that was we don't hire juniors <laughs> to work remote. Like, you know, the people who are doing that have been with us for a while. We know how they work or it just wasn't an option. But when that the pandemic hit, everybody went remote <laughs> and they were still hiring. So that was my opening. That's how I got in. And I actually found that job, my first tech job, which was a non-engineering role. I found indirectly through Twitter because I found Diversify Tech through Twitter and Vinny. And she's super awesome. I really like her. But, and like what she's doing is really cool. So she has a Twitter account, but also this website. There are job listings and there's also like a candidate pool. You can put your information in there and jobs can find you. So my manager saw my profile there and reached out on Twitter. So yeah, all of my job searching, basically the ones that were getting me closer to that role happened primarily on Twitter. But yeah, thank you so much for telling me your story. It's awesome to hear that you got a job through Twitter. I actually got my first job in tech through Twitter. Felt awkward, but like you were saying that Twitter is where all the tech people hang out. So if you're not using Twitter right now to look for a job, to grow your community, then you are doing something wrong because that is where all the money's at on Twitter. <laughs> so how has the pandemic, you said that you got a remote job and that's what something that you were looking for. How has the pandemic helped you with your like work-life balance? I'm still working on that one because like I said, my first tech job was right kind of in the beginning of the, the pandemic when we all knew what was happening. And my role in the company I joined, they actually had layoffs like at the beginning of the pandemic before I joined and they hired me. So it was a turbulent time. And not only was it my first tech job, it was my first full-time job ever <laughs> since having children. So it was always important to me that I had a job that I could do and raise kids and my children are older now so the my idea for the company to like create these family co-working spaces as they get older it becomes less and less something that I need for myself but yeah it was my first full-time job since having kids and my first tech job and I will be honest the work-life balance was hard for me to manage and part of that is I was not aware of all of my needs <laughs> at that time. I was not diagnosed with ADHD. I had never worked a corporate job. It was just really hard for me to 
manage my own time and my energy. So I'd never had a job with that kind of autonomy, right? Where, okay, you're working on this, go do it. (laughs) Instead of, you know, people breathing down your neck and, you know, if you can, what is it? If you can lean, you can clean. Like I came out of like food service and customer service where it's like people are watching your every minute and micromanaging you. So I never had a job making this much money with so much autonomy and having to, being able to manage my own schedule. So I struggled a lot because there were some wounds (laughs) that I was coming into that role with. And I think there's a lot of financial trauma that we don't talk about a lot when we're talking about, hey, yeah, get into tech, you're going to make a lot of money. But when you are kind of still in a broke mentality, that money can be difficult (laughs) to manage. And like your attitude around money is difficult to manage because I was like, this is so much money. Like I have to earn this, (laughs) you know, like I have to work extra hard. And I was very hard on myself because I felt like this is just such a good thing. And I don't want to lose it. But eventually, I did lose it (laughs) because it was by choice that I left. But I was in burnout. And I think we should talk more about what it takes to go from making nothing, which was me basically, to maybe six figures. You know, like not everybody makes six figures in their first tech role. I did. But going from nothing to six figures, going from food service The last job I had was a pharmacy tech, but like going from that where I'm making $758 an hour (laughs) to making $100,000 a year, that was still what before I got pregnant. (laughs) So that was a long time ago and I just didn't work that whole time. So yeah, I feel like there was a lot of things to resolve and I had to figure it out as I went and it was a startup and there wasn't a lot of stability in my team, like, you know, less than a year in, I was the most senior person by time (laughs) in that team. And a lot of the company, like we had a new CEO, we had a new president, they all started after I started. And for a lot of the time, it was just me on the team. And I was working as a community manager in marketing. So I always felt my work could not be quantified (laughs) the way that marketing is quantified. So my work is not going out and directly generating leads. So I kind of felt like I was in the wrong department. Like I wasn't being measured (laughs) the way I wanted to be measured, but also I was inexperienced. So I didn't know what the alternative is or what a better way of doing things would be. But yeah. Is there a particular way that you wanted to be measured? To feel quantified? I don't know. I feel like with a startup, it's very like, you know, we're kind of like racing towards this goal, like revenue and all that stuff is super important. Not that it's not important with any company, but startups are, you know, trying to scale and survive (laughs) at the same time. So it's kind of like an all hands on deck situation. And I don't know what could have made it better. I know like since that job, I've been seeing a lot of like specific community roles and community orgs and companies. And that would have been nice because I kind of felt like I don't have things to put into Salesforce. I don't have things to like a lot of the things that I'm doing. It's like qualitative, right? Like it's not direct numbers. Y'all can figure out which one it is. 
is it qualitative? <laughs> but it's not like the direct numbers. And I kind of felt like maybe they were looking for that or that's what it felt like. I don't know what they were thinking. But other than that, because of the stuff I mentioned earlier. Thank you so much for talking about that. And thank you all for listening to the Deeper Than Tech podcast. Till next time. Bye.